The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 Time 16, and Happy New Year from Game Changers Radio. The buzz on the street today, our first yogi-ism, that's Yogi Berra, American Major League Baseball catcher, manager, and coach who played almost 19 years for the Yankees and famous for his malapropisms, pithy little paradoxes. Here's the one we picked for today. The future ain't what it used to be. So if the future ain't what it used to be, what is the future going to be? Well, we have the next best thing to a crystal ball for 2017 for you. This is part three of our 2017 prediction special. I'm delighted to present to you the two-minute predictions from 16 thought leaders from all over the world. We are so excited to bring you this show. So if you have any leftover Dom or if you just got a cup of Joe, sit down. Even some Earl Grey will do. Joe, Dom, or Earl, join us for the next hour for prediction special part three live. And let me get started. I'm going to welcome and tell you just a little bit about my first four guests. We're going to do this four guests per segment. First up, I'll introduce to you in a moment. Hillary Carter is the founder of Intunes Communications, a strategic communications company that consults to businesses, individuals, and community-based organizations on social media best practices. She manages social media accounts and creates customized communications. She's a regular contributor to the Globe and Mail's Leadership Lab series on digital leadership and a lot more. Joining her on this segment of the show will be Surendra Reddy, the founder and CEO of Quantiply Corporation, a cognitive intelligence company. He was most recently the CTO, Chief Technology Officer, leading cloud and big data futures research at Xerox PARC, P-A-R-C. He also founded and launched Big Data Foundry, a data sciences open innovation platform in collaboration with PARC, Cisco, and Hitachi. A lot of big names in there. Third up in this segment, Brian W. Matamore, co-founder and chief idea guy of the Growth Engine Company, an innovation agency. Brian has managed over 200 successful innovation projects, leading to more than $3 billion in new sales for a long list of Fortune 500 companies, including Kraft, Unilever, Ford, AT&T, BNY, Mellon, LVMH, and Merck. He's the author of three books, and my favorite one is 21 Days to a Big Idea. I've read it, and it's great. And rounding out this segment, Frank Diana, who happens to be one of our favorite regular futurists on Game Changers Radio all year long. Frank is the principal for Future of Business with Tata TCS Consultancy Services. He has more than 30 years of leadership experience and a range of executive roles. He leads efforts to define and enable the evolution of business, that's Enterprise of 2020, for TCS, Global Consulting, and previously he was EVP of Inherent Corporation. So let's get started with the fun. Hillary Carter, Happy New Year. Welcome, and let's kick this off. Predictions, two minutes, go. 
Happy New Year, Bonnie. It's great to be back. So let me start. Uh, I usually discuss social media and the opportunities for leaders and teams on Twitter and LinkedIn, but I think 2017 is the year for blockchain technology, and I predict an awakening will take place on a global scale about what this technology is capable of and how it's going to impact everyday citizens, governments, and businesses alike. So for those of you who might not know what blockchain is all about, it's a technology behind the digital currency Bitcoin, and it's been in the news much more frequently this past quarter because of the demonetization in India and global geopolitical instability. And one way to, but the applications go well beyond digital payments in Bitcoin. One way to look at the blockchain is to think of it in terms of being the internet of value or the second era of the internet, where blockchain technology enables all kinds of economic or value-based transactions. And this was the type of language that was used by Don Tapscott, who, who's the media theorist behind Wikonomics and the digital economy. And he and his son, Alex Tapscott, co-wrote a book called Blockchain Revolution in 2016, which I'd highly recommend for those new to, to the subject. But the transa- transactions that are taking place on the blockchain, they take place globally and transparently. It's like a large digital ledger, ledger or a large Excel spreadsheet. And value is exchanged without an intermediary and out, without a bank. And so the costs associated with those transactions are substantially lower. So for businesses who have made their living by being that intermediary, if you are a bank, if you are an intermediary that connects markets, this is where blockchain can be radically destabilizing. And it's in this regard that I think one particular blockchain technology, the Ethereum blockchain, is the one to watch. Ethereum is the developer's blockchain, and it allows innovators to create their own apps that will challenge existing apps at a fraction of the cost to users. So uh, they'll undermine companies like Uber, like Airbnb, and Spotify, and Kickstarter because they're able to create um, an efficient market. They're able to match markets without taking a large slice of the pie. And where social media is concerned, blockchain leaders and innovators are incredibly social media savvy. They're very effective in getting their messages out onto social media. They're actively tweeting, they're blogging, they're sharing content on social channels, and they're introducing this technology and all of the possibilities to prospective users, to to prospective investors. And they're actually raising funds um, by digital means. They're having initial coin offerings, initial token offerings, and it's completely radicalizing fundraising and finance for uh, for new technology. So I think blockchain technology will be the headline game changer of 2017. And I have a neat list on Twitter. It's my blockchain list that's open and accessible to anybody who wants to follow some of the content that blockchain leaders are regularly sharing and get to know this technology and, and how it's poised to really impact and disrupt business and government as we know it today. Thank you, Hillary. Great. Nice to hear that big term blockchain introduced so early in the show. You said it first and I've tweeted it. Let's turn to Surendra Reddy at Quantiply. Surendra, two minutes. Let's hear your predictions for 2017, please. So my predictions for 2017 are actually two. One is the reemergence of business platforms. Platforms became really a bad word in 2015. And because everybody funded platforms, technology platforms, it provided little or no value to the businesses. In 2017, there's a big day that the business platforms will reemerge as industries get disrupted by artificial intelligence and robotics. 
And this new drive will be driven by the financial services, insurance, and real estate will drive this in 2017. And traditional banking guys will start realigning themselves with the fintech companies to deliver open business platforms. And insurance and real estate technology innovation gets hot in 2017. And this will drive more innovation, which will drive more regulations. Again, the pace of innovation will hyper-accelerate powered by the cloud and artificial intelligence and cognitive vision and speech technologies. That's all is going to be speech-wise and artificial intelligence in 2017, but mostly driven by the three big uh, tech, uh, you know, uh, the consumer tech companies like banking, finance, and retail. My second prediction for 2017 is going to be big from the business point of view. It's called business by voice. It will be a new norm in 2017. The screen-based computing will start to go out of our memories in 2017 onwards, and new startups will emerge to deliver voice-enabled cognitive business applications, the applications that can think, learn, and talk back to the users and engage them more you know, through some sort of conversations. That will be powered by augmented intelligence, which is a combination of humans and uh, you know, machine intelligence. And Oracle, SAP, and Salesforce would realize that innovating from inside would be a very difficult task for them, given their political capital buildup in the last few decades. And they will start accelerating their M&A activity in 2017 to snatch up more AI and cognitive intelligence companies to really keep their dominance in the business application world. And third but they, not, uh, you know, I just want yes. to add, but my, uh, the second sure. one, third one is the risk intelligence will come back in a really big way in 2017 as a cyber threat becomes more and more norm for every, every user, including the small businesses to big businesses to the government. And then traditional, the professional services-based risk intelligence will not really, you know, cut the mark. So there will be a new kind of applications powered by applications and platforms powered by artificial intelligence and machine learning to really mitigate these risks to everyone. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Thank you, Surendra. And let's turn to Brian W. Mattimore. Brian, what's coming up in terms of growth engine and where business is headed? Well, you know, I have a sort of meta prediction here, I think, and I, I think it's that we'll all need to be better futurists, frankly. Um, you know, with the radical unpredictability of the world and President-elect sends a tweet that destabilizes the market, I think both as individuals and firms are going to be looking for increased control. And so how do you do that? How do you anticipate the future? Well, I love the quote that says, the future's already here, it's just not widely distributed. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that? Well, you can, uh, there's some great books on how to think like a futurist. That's the title of one. Another one is uh, non-obvious. Um, but um, there, are other, there are other sources, too. There are tremendous websites. These are all free. They have future pre- projections. Cassandra is one. Abundance Insider Newsletter, the Peter Diamandis uh, Newsletter is great. Uh, Sparks and Honey is a great uh, trend prediction firm. Trendhunter.com. These are all wonderful sources to help us all uh, be, be more cognizant, as, as you do, Bonnie, um, getting us more aware of, of the things that are changing and, and ways we can leverage that. Um, the two other things I would say in terms of becoming your own futurist, because it's going to be more and more important, is, um, is to watch for the sort of merging of dis- different disciplines. So, you know, if you, you have an interest in psychology and maybe architecture, you, you, you're thinking it's an either-or. But it might not be. Maybe you can combine those two and, uh, you know, become a, quote, mood specialist uh, that uh, different buildings uh, are designed to elicit different emotions, for instance. 
Um, and the final one I would suggest for becoming a better futurist is to invent the future. And we, in our ideation work, of course, we're doing this all the time. Um, but one of the simplest ways to do that is to take some uh, current um, trend and, and match it up to an area of interest. So, you know, you could merge, uh, for instance, the word robotics with anything or speed or Internet of Things. Probably the easiest, if the listeners want to try it, is, is take the word smart and put it in front of anything. And I guarantee you're going to get new inventions. So smart cars, smart water, smart refrigerators, we've all heard of those. But what's a smart basketball? What's a smart jacket? What are smart eyeglasses? What's a smart fork? So these are just some uh, tools that we use, and my prediction is that these tools are going to become uh, much more important in the future as we is in this world of unpredictability. Thank you. Very interesting. I love that word matchup. I know we did that when you and I spoke about 21 Days to a Big Idea. Thank you, Brian. Frank, Diane, I saved two minutes for you. Talk to me. Hey. Uh, I actually want to alter my comments based on what Brian just said, um, because I absolutely believe in the notion of futurists becoming, uh, coming back in vogue. So I'll say this, I believe that uh, leadership teams and boards will start to bring more and more futurists onto their uh, roles to, to address just those things that Brian articulated. And if I look back at 2016, future scenarios are very important to me. And I think the autonomous vehicle actually did every leader a great service in that it became very visible. And it showed everyone just how quickly scenarios like that can emerge. And the impacts and implications that people believe are so far out into the future are actually much closer than people believe. So I, I think the, that scenario itself has done us a great service. So I wanted to build on what Brian said there in terms of futurists. Um, but one of the things that I did want to focus on is something that I saw at the tail end of 2016. And that is, although surprising, a much more intense focus on digital within traditional companies. Now, you would think starting 2017, that we would have been there already, but uh, that focus seems to be there, um, although I think that a digital modernization focus will be misguided if companies don't start to appreciate digital for what it is, and that is part of what the company makes and serves to its customers. Uh, it redefines their core competencies. It actually alters the business the company is in. So it, unless companies view digital in through that lens, uh, it's really not digital modernization, but it's reimagining the future, an area that I focus a lot on. So that's one of my key predictions is a much more intense focus on digital, and some of them will be misguided in terms of uh, the, the focus. The next uh, is, is customer experience is really an overused term as far as I'm concerned. I actually gave a prediction on your show last year regarding customer mm-hmm. experience, but this year I'm much more focused on purpose. If you think about the advances in science and technology and what it's showing leaders that it can do, I think you're going to see many more mission statements in companies focused on improving the human condition, leveraging the advances in science and technology to improve uh, humanity at some level. We're already starting to see signs of that, but I think 2017 will be a year where you see uh, more of that and mission statements changing. And I think last but not least, I will focus on ethics, something that you and I have talked about on your show before. Mm-hmm. The fact that uh, running rampant science and technology could drive a number of unintended consequences, and unless some level of ethics is introduced into this discussion, uh, we, could, we could be in a bad spot in terms of those consequences. So something that I think you'll see a lot more focus on in 2017. So that's my predictions for the year. Thank you, Frank. Wonderful. I expected something great, and I got it. Listen, everyone, we're almost out of time, but I want to know one thing. What did you enjoy beverage-wise for the holidays? Let's quickly cycle through the panel. Hillary Carter, what were you drinking that was wonderful? Tell me fast. I was drinking Prosecco on New Year's Eve, and I loved every sip of it. 
I was just so happy to see it end to 2016 and ring in the new year, and that tasted particularly wonderful. So that was my drink. I didn't drink it, but I agree with you. It was time for 2016 to be over. Surrender yep. ready. What were you drinking on New Year's? Tell me fast. That's 2010 Napa Cabernet from Silver Oaks. Sounds wonderful. Brian Matamore, what was in your cup on New Year's? I had some butter beer down at Universal Studios. It was Ooh. fantastic. At the Harry Ooh, Potter butter Studios. beer. We'll have to talk about that later in the year. I need a recipe. Frank, Diana, what were you drinking? I was drinking Tuaca, an Italian frozen brandy. Oh, sounds sexy. Thank you very much. Hillary Carter, Sarandra Reddy, Brian W. Mattimore, Frank Diana, thanks for being our opening panelists. We're running a little late, so I'm just going to say, hey, everyone, stay tuned. We are bringing on in just a moment Charlotte Bowie from SAP, Robin Kieran from CORE, Alan F. Mendel from uh, Leverex, and Sharon Cook from Hypercision. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We're coming right back with four more predictions. Stay tuned. Michael, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. We've got some more game-changing prediction futurists for our next segment. We're going to be welcoming the following people. Charlotte Bowie is the head of Global Design Thinking Team at SAP within the office of the CEO. She's a design thinking practitioner who uses hands-on experiences to help companies reimagine new possibilities for their future. That's what we're talking about. And Charlotte tells me she was the first SAP volunteer ambassador. Uh, she is also a co-sponsor with SAP's Jennifer Ford of a brand-new series debuting January 19th called Designing the Future with Game Changers. Can't wait for that. Joining her on the panel in this segment is Robin Kieran. He is the Senior VP of Channels and Alliances at Core Inc., K-O-R-E. Robin has 25 years of experience in practice management and business development. He has served as a leading SAP partner. He has led North American operations at a publicly traded IT services company and created a global delivery and reseller ecosystem for a leading software firm. We're going to welcome him in a moment. 
moment. Uh, one of our panelists didn't make it, so we're going to jump to our fourth one in the segment. She is Sharon Cook, HCM Practice Director at a company called Hypercision Inc. She has 20 years of HR systems experience. Sharon started in corporate HR, working in staffing and generalist roles, then moved into human resource and systems management. Uh, she began her first SAP HCM implementation way back in the mid-90s. I remember that, those years, Sharon, and has continued and recently with Success Factors Core HR and ta- Talent application. So let's kick off this party. Charlotte Buey, Happy New Year. And Charlotte, two minutes. Tell me your predictions. Go. Happy New Year, Bonnie, and thank you again thank for you. welcoming me back. Um, my prediction for 2017 includes uh, three quick predictions in this case. Um, this is actually going to harken back to a little bit of the past. We need to go back to people. So in 2017, we talk a lot about machine learning, robotics, a lot of technology trends, but we need to connect those advancements back to humans, back to why we need them, what we're doing with them. And that's where design thinking comes into play, helping us understand the motivations and the needs for this technology. So in order for us to get technology to move forward, we need the people. In order for the people to uh, get benefits from that technology, we need to be working in a full circular motion, uh, bringing people back into the world of technology. My second prediction is about blurred organizational lines. So we look at organizations in a linear format so that we can actually create true innovations and advancements. We're often seeking approval and support in order to use these new approaches, these different ways of thinking from the top down. Uh, but what we need to do is actually just do it. We need to you know, get, get into the core of things. We need to focus on what it is that we know how to do well, and we need to just practice. So design thinking in the past has been about creating practitioners and scale. We all need to be leaders. We all need to be mentors in that capacity because we can't scale something that we just do kind of well. Everybody has to be an expert in that area. So for me in 2017, everybody has to be a design thinking leader, and I think that design thinking mindset will be brought into all the organizations. Recently, uh, Harvard Business Review, which has written many articles on design thinking, um, gave a great quote from Tim Brown, the CEO and president of IDEO, where he said the most valuable company in the world places design at the center of everything it does. And that still holds true today, and it still holds true through 2017. And then last but not least, um, I see a, a refocus, a bigger focus, on social responsibility, sustainability. So my role initially within SAP um, as being the initial volunteer ambassador was from a personal deep passion for that need for social responsibility. And I'm seeing organizations in 2017 putting their focus back on that because in order for us to advance as a, as a globe, we need to make sure that what we're tapping into is still available to us, so sustainability and responsibility in everything we do. Thank you, Charlotte. Wonderful. And let's turn to Robin Kieran at CORE. Robin, two minutes. Predictions, go. Happy New Year, Bonnie. Number Happy one, little tongue-in-cheek. Um, if we're not careful, millennials will stage a revolution. If we continue to come on radio shows and say that they're <laughs> self-centered and impatient, um, first, I think every generation has been met with that by their predecessors. I'm pretty sure boomers thought that about Gen X. Um, but the, the serious point here is that advances in technology have given millennials an experience that uh, when they come into the workforce, they're, they're sadly lacking sometimes. Something is realistic to expect millennials to be a little impatient with the technology that they find. We need to address that as soon as possible. Number two, um, I think Surrender said this in your earlier segment about uh, prominence of bots. So I work for a bots AI platform. Um, therefore, I have a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. I do mm-hmm. believe we will see bots crop up in almost every avenue of our life. 
Um, not just Alexa. I mean, bots should be able to engage with us through Facebook, through Skype, through text. We'll see bots across every level of engagement, both consumer and business. Number three, I predict that 2017 is not going to be the year when I can expect to have my customer service experience to uh, be delightful, um, where I will not have being transferred from agent to agent and have to give my account number and explain my issue every day. But my prediction is that if those companies that can embrace and can address this challenge, they will see meaningful improvement in their bottom line. Ah, okay. So customer service improvements will impact bottom line. Great. Thank you very much. And let's move to Sharon Cook, and then we have one more who just joined us. Sharon Cook, predictions go. I will start with that. I don't think this is a new one. I think every year we experience some of this, but I think 2017 by far is going to be the year of change. And if I take that change into an organizational perspective, I think it's going to be the year that organizations need to really have a critical view of their mission statement and their objectives so they can touch back with all of these changes that are going to take place. If we just look at the political arena and the amount of, you know, international, global change as well as domestic change that we're all hearing about on the horizon, all of that's going to come back to touch us this year. I have a feeling there's going to be a number of starts and stops, things that we're going to get into that maybe haven't been fully vetted out for upstream and downstream changes, so we're going to have to rethink and be prepared to touch back on how we're going to deal with that on a regular basis. So back to my thought on needing to really focus on, as an organization, what is our mission? What are our objectives? And again, you know, what are we prepared to do from an employee engagement and from uh, overall social involvement of our organization in the environment? So I think that ability to really be able to be transparent in our organization, stronger than ever in our communications, making people aware of what we're trying to do and getting that engagement so people can make that decision in the organization and we can move ahead. And hopefully we can have some of those good customer experiences and hopefully we can align all of our technologies or at least a set amount of our technologies to better support our initiatives versus having to spend the three or four hours a day just to keep on top of communications that seems to be the case these days. So I'm hoping through all this change, people can align and can work towards that common initiative and maybe feel like they're a little bit more engaged and feel like they've been more accomplished for the year when they realize how many of these changes they've succeeded by the time they get to 2018. Thank you very much, Sharon Cook. And we've just added Alan F. Mandel, VP of Strategic Consulting, Sales, and Marketing, and the co-founder of LeverX. And he's a recognized worldwide authority on PLM, Product Lifecycle Management. Alan, you're late to the party, but we're delighted to have you. Give me your predictions. Quick two minutes. Go, Alan Mandel. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, we think uh, 2017 will be an exciting year. We believe companies will increase their investment streamline to improve and grow their, their businesses. We hear a lot of people talking about new disruptive technologies such as the Internet of Things, big data, predictive analytics, 3D printing, and other trending technologies. And we believe that they're all significant opportunities to impact the way in which manufacturers do and will offer uh, do their business and offer products to the marketplace. However, if we, if we take a little practical view, and I think this is really reaching a tipping point now with manufacturers is that they're already burdened with uh, bloated manual and outdated processes 
uh, there is, quite frankly, little time and resources as well as a single source of truth available for many of these manufacturers to adopt these new disruptive technologies in any meaningful or customer value-driven way. And that's why we feel that in 2017, we're already seeing it where companies are making investments to, to drive a more agile business process, drive more automation to proactively drive data and streamline their process across their functional organizations. We believe this is, will result in increased competitive advantage through really three key initiatives. One, faster time to market, increased product customization, and the ability to respond more effectively to customer and market demands. And we believe that once manufacturers do invest in this and they do improve and automate their business processes more effectively, that they'll be in a better position to adopt and design into their products and services the use of these new disruptive technologies. Thank you very much. Glad you could join us, Alan. Let's quickly cycle through the panel. Charlotte, then Robin, then Sharon, then Alan. What was your favorite drink on New Year's Eve? Charlotte. My favorite drink was a uh, Frigionet. Uh, harken back to my Spanish roots where I lived and studied uh, back in my college days. So I'm always uh, opening up a bottle of Frigionet. Oh, that sounds interesting. Robin, what were you drinking? Uh, Mercury Head Cabernet by Orin Swift was fantastic. Oh, sounds wonderful. i got to get some of that. Sharon Cook, what was Ooh, your yeah. favorite drink on New Year's? It's been a sangria sort of holiday season. Ah, was that the white or the red sangria? Oh, definitely the red with enough brandy to make it interesting. There you go. And Alan Mitchell, what were you drinking on New Year's Eve? We were drinking Martinelli's Sparkling Cider something that the whole oh. family could enjoy. I like that. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Charlotte, Robin, Sharon, Allen, Happy New Year to all of you. Thanks for your predictions. Thanks for joining us. We're going to drop the four of you. We're going to pick up Lazariza, Mario M. Martinez Jr., Michael Menisha. I have to find out how to repronounce his name and draw or back when we come back from the break. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Pick up a cup of something interesting. We have plenty more predictions for you. So, Michael, out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. 
Welcome back. We have a packed house again for this segment. We're going to be speaking with the following four thought leaders. Laz Uriza is a senior solution principal for the SAP Extended Supply Chain Center of Excellence. His career was influenced by the ONG and consumer products industry. He has more than 10 years of experience in supply chain, started at SAP in 2011 from an MBA leadership rotation program. Joining him on the segment will be Mario M. Martinez, Jr., CEO of M3JR, M3 Junior Growth Strategies, LLC. Mario is a leading social selling evangelist and keynote speaker, counted among the world's top social selling leaders, and he has spent the last 72 consecutive quarters in sales and leadership, growing and managing hundreds of millions of dollars in annual revenue in the global enterprise, commercial, SMB, and public sector segments. Third on this segment will be Michael Manisha. He is a specialist leader with Deloitte Consulting. Shout out to our friends at Deloitte in LA, and he has led the development and execution of multi-year health program strategies that address care delivery and management, program costs, benefit design, vendor strategies, and employee health promotion. Rounding out this part of the show is Dror Orbach, the COO of Illumiti, I-L-L-U-M-I-T-I. He is an international high-tech executive with more than 30 years in management consulting, business operations, software development, IT architecture, marketing, and product management. He's a member of the Supervisory Board Board of the United VARS, V-A-R-S, a global alliance of SAP channel partners with more than 30 resellers in more than 70 countries. So, gentlemen, welcome. And let's start with Laz. Laz, welcome and predictions, two minutes, go. Hi, buddy. Good morning. So, I'll just dive right into it. Uh, I have two main predictions. First one is it's going to be fierce competition in the market. We usually hear about bigger companies being uh, starting to get more agile and quicker in their decision-making and how they uh, attack a problem. But we never hear about the smaller companies that become a lot more sophisticated, a lot more educated in how they take their decisions. So given that uh, cloud computing has changed the playing field for them and now most of these softwares are attainable, they have new access to bigger and better ways to attract and keep their business and to react to different uh, business problems. So that's one. And the second one is a term called fog computing. It's, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with it, but fog computing is, is what in-memory computing was in the old days. Fog computing makes it to the cloud computing. This is to say there has to be a way to get all the information readily uh, and manage closer to the devices that create the information. So as we grow bigger and stronger on uh, IoT and mobile devices and sensors, we have to manage that information and we have to uh, react to it much quicker than sending it up to the cloud, manage it, and bringing it back. So when we're talking about connected cities, uh, connected grids, connected vehicles, these decisions have to happen in a millisecond and there has to be a way to uh, attack this information quicker and, and manage it uh, on the spot closer to the devices. So I think there's going to be a huge investment into making fog computing much more uh intense and much more attainable to most of the solutions thanks to IoT. So I, I, I hope I made it within my two minutes. <laughs> oh, you sure did. That was great. Thank you. Nobody else has mentioned that. Very appreciative. Mario Martinez, talk to me. Two minutes, go. Hey, Bonnie. Um, so our predictions for 2017 will be that uh, in the sales space and industry, Video marketing, which we have always thought of as the as a platform for marketers to use, will become extremely pervasive uh, by the sales organizations. So, video marketing for sales, not video marketing for marketing. And uh, this technology and platform 
will really explode inside of the age of virtualization that we're in here in 2017. Um, think about this from a perspective of our buyers today. Each one of us that are on this call and every listener that we have probably, along with all of our buyers uh, that we work with in the sales in the, in the sales space, they are digitally enabled, they're mobile attached, and they're socially engaged. And so with that um, thought process, if you stop and thought about just for a second, uh, what do you personally stop at when you're looking at your Facebook, your Twitter, your LinkedIn stream? Uh, there are two things that you stop at, uh, graphics and videos. And that behavior that we see is very consistent with some of the statistics that are out there. For example, uh, in Vodo talked about that 92% of mobile video consumers share videos with others. That's an astounding statistic when it comes to video. And so in the sales space, this will be a methodology to be able to create outreach and so being able to have technologies and tools, and there's a great one out there from onemob.com, and uh, these t- tools will be able to help salespeople to literally connect with their buyers uh, by being able to send a personalized video message that will be very different and very unique uh, and, and differentiate themselves from the competition. So in our opinion, this is the next wave uh, of tools that will be utilized that will help connect sellers with buyers and actually add personalization to the sales process. And then I think one thing that's really going to pop up are technologies that are um, supporting texting between you and your buyer. It's just the age that we live in. And it's, <laughs> I do it all the time with our buyers uh, where we're texting them instead of emailing or a phone call. That's because the way they want to engage and the way they want to um, talk with us. So those are the two pieces of technology from a sales perspective that we think will have a great greatest impact in 2017. Wow. Texting. Video I expected. To surprise. Thank you, Mario. Revelation. Michael Manisha, you're up. Two minutes. Go. Hi, Bonnie. Uh, with all the technology talk, I have an old-style uh, analog prediction that I think works way around to a technological future. So within employer health programs, my prediction is that a bad example is going to induce a good result. Uh, the bad example, a uh, big surprise, comes from our U.S. national conversation on health care. And we're already seeing what happens when rhetoric smacks, smacks into choices and consequences. And you try to pick, cherry pick the popular elements of the program and you find that they're sustained by the unpopular elements. So what I think is going to happen is that the people who develop and manage employer health benefit programs are going to observe this national exercise and, and take it as something of a point of professional pride to show how this is done. So they're going to go back to basics. They're going to begin with defining objectives for their organization. They're going to study relevant facts, apply reason when the facts by themselves are insufficient, and let their experience tell them that uh, to, to accept but there are always going to be trade-offs in these kind of program designs and that accepting these trade-offs makes the difference between intended and unintended consequences. So where I think this is going to create then a, a, a breakthrough for the future is that I think the employers that apply this deep thinking are going to move past the old mindset of thinking of these programs as a, a goal of cost-effective insurance and instead see the goal of making uh, uh, developing a workforce at its peak of mental and physical health. And I think this attitude then sets the, the necessary cultural platform to secure employee trust and engagement that makes the use of the technological innovations and the big data that are coming fast and furious in this space 
to manage uh, chronic diseases and promote healthy behaviors, I think it makes it accessible and, and really activates those tools when you have it based on that kind of collaborative between the employer and the employee. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And Dror Orbach at Alamedi, go ahead. Two minutes. Predict for us, please. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't know how many times we heard about machine learning, predictive analytics, IoT, and augmented reality, but they're really all made possible through decades of advances in uh, making processing ubiquitous, making communication ubiquitous, and also making computer power and data storage so much bigger than what they were before. But the problem is that hasn't actually resulted in people spending less on technology. It's actually significantly improved the capabilities of both businesses and individuals, and they now spend more money or the same money to acquire far better technology. So what it really does is it allows them to meet a much higher bar of expectations that continues to rise with the competitive business world. Now, you know, some speakers mentioned data quality issues in previous episodes, and it's far from perfect. And I believe that the correct interpretation of data when it comes to specific businesses or specific people is going to require human intelligence and expertise for quite a few years to come. So computer systems that are used to automate these business processes can make incorrect decisions and recommendations. And they're, you know, they're certainly a lot stronger in processing standard cases than they are in addressing ex- exceptions. And sometimes those exceptions really require a more intimate understanding of context and even empathy sometimes. You need to understand the human factor. So my first prediction is that human experts are going to be assisted but not replaced through these technology advances especially in businesses that compete on quality of service and customer satisfaction as opposed to just price. Now, another factor that makes adoption of new capabilities difficult is that uh, right now many of those are still very separate islands of technical ability, and making them part of a day-to-day business has historically been almost exclusively in the realm of very large companies with very deep pockets. So my second prediction is that commercial business applications are going to begin to embed those types of capabilities like predictive analytics and IoT into their mainstream day-to-day processes that they support. And so they'll do it in a manner that allows business users to make more effective decisions even without explicitly learning how to use these new technologies because it will be embedded. So it's going to feel a lot like you have a super smart helper with instant access to all the relevant data uh, on top of which, it will become affordable for much smaller organizations, like last mentioned earlier, for smaller companies. Thank you very much. Very interesting as well, Dror. I appreciate that. Let's quickly run through the panel and find out what you were all drinking that made you smile on New Year's Eve. Laz, for quickly, where were you and what were you drinking? Or what country were you in and where were you drinking? <laughs> I was in Mexico City. And uh, my favorite drink would be a liqueur of 43 that is a... Uh, 43 different spices in the liquor that makes it very vanilla-like with a shot of mm. espresso. So it takes the cold out and it gets you a little bit buzzed. So it's a win-win situation right there. Oh, I love it. I got to get some of that. Mario Martinez, what were you drinking on New Year's Eve that made you smile? Oh, you're going to love this one, Bonnie. I was drinking in the beautiful, cold, what I call cold Bay Area, a wonderful, delicious bottle of NyQuil. <laughs> oh, Mario, what what was going on? Fast, what happened? The whole family got sick. We were we spent the entire month almost in uh, Hawaii uh, for uh, our 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 
our vacation and we came back and we all got colds and so we were all sick and that's what I was sipping on was NyQuil. <laughs> NyQuil, not on the rocks. I hope you're all feeling better. Michael Manisha, <laughs> Michael Manisha you got to top that one. Michael, what were you drinking, Mike? I'm glad I can't top that one, but uh, we, we call it eggnog, and, and really it's just uh, pretty much melted vanilla ice cream bourbon and a dusting of nutmeg. Oh, be still my heart. Sounds delicious. Drawer, what were you drinking? Well, I was uh, having a hot apple cinnamon toddy, so that's basically hot apple cider laced with a little bit of rum. Very tasty. Wonderful. Very, very good. I just saw something about Havana Club rum and the war of who owns the real recipe on 60 Minutes on Sunday. Very interesting. If you don't know the story of the family that had the recipe S-T-O-L-E-N stolen from them by the Castro regime years ago and and the debate on who really has the right one. Uh, Very interesting. Look it up. Thank you so much, Laz, Mario, Mike, and Drew. Happy New Year to the four of you and to our listeners. We've got four more Game Changers coming up. Stephanie Huber is joining us from Deloitte. Bill Jensen, Mr. Simplicity, that simply says it all. David Axon from Accenture Strategy and Shannon Platts at SAP Digital Enterprise Platform. So don't even think of touching that mouse. Oh, you know the drill. We'll be right back. Michael, out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are in the home stretch of our Prediction Special 2017 Part 3. Let me just tell you briefly who our panelists are, and then we're going to hit the road with our predictions. Stephanie Huber is a Senior Consultant for Business Intelligence at Deloitte Consulting with extensive experience providing a strong business and tech background on HANA data modeling, design studio dashboards, Lumira, and Tableau Analytics, Web Intelligence, Crystal Reports, and the Business Objects Enterprise Platform. Bill Jensen, Mr. Simplicity, joins us teaching companies and teams to succeed by doubling their productivity while pursuing their passions. He's known for very useful content and his passion for making it easy for all of us to work smarter, not harder. His first book called What Else? Simplicity was number five leadership management book on Amazon back in 2000. On this panel also, David Axon, AXSON, Managing Director with Accenture Strategy. He leads the firm's global CFO strategies practice, 30 years 
experience working with clients in 40 countries, and he's the author of books including The Management Mythbuster and Best Practices in Planning and Performance Management. Rounding out the panel, Shannon Platts, responsible for revenue growth of the SAP Digital Enterprise Platform Portfolio through indirect channels. She has over 20 years' experience leading high-performance organizations, including sales, professional services, product management, and corporate strategy to incubate and scale for revenue growth and leadership. There we go. She's also an active executive coach and mentor to female professionals. So let's get started. Stephanie Huber, Happy New Year. Two minutes. Let's hear your predictions, please. Sure. Um, So my prediction is actually in the logistics and supply chain space, and it's around the impact of the Amazon effect. And what I mean by the Amazon effect, I mean the reality of people buying more and more things online versus traditional brick-and-mortar stores. So as the Amazon effect uh, becomes greater and greater, companies who are in the online retail or e-commerce space, they have to innovate in the area of logistics. They have to, to stay competitive. And so um, Amazon has uh, done just that by creating a drone delivery service, um, specifically for its Amazon Prime members. Now, uh, the exact rollout date for the drone delivery service has yet to be confirmed, but uh, Amazon has reported some really extensive and very successful testing in the U.S. and U.K. So the technologies themselves for the drone, it's been around. Um, drones have been around. It's similar to uh, Harrier, uh, Harrier jumper jets. They're kind of like helicopter a- airplane hybrids. Vertical takeoff and landing go about 62, 63 miles per hour. But the biggest impact of these drones is the way that it changes our expectations for package delivery. So, you know, right now, um, any Amazon Prime member and just any online shopper enjoys kind of two-day shipping or even next-day shipping. So with this drone delivery service, customers can receive a package delivered to their home within 30 minutes of placing the order online. And it's something that they plan to release um, very soon. And so even though they have an extensive fleet of these drones, um, at least for the first release, it's meant to be kind of a, I guess, a last resort in the delivery hierarchy um, since it'll be a little expensive. But the reason I chose this topic as a, as a crystal ball prediction for 2017 is because other non-technology-related companies, so UPS, they're also kind of innovating in the area of logistics by using drones for delivery services. So actually in September last year, UPS partnered uh, with a drone startup uh, called SciFi, C-Y-P-H-Y, Works. And they've also reported to have successfully tested their first uh, drone delivery. So this is just so huge because the use cases for this um, kind of expedited product delivery, it's endless. And the one that I really liked uh, that UPS cited was the ability to deliver an asthma inhaler to a child at summer camp. So really, it's with drones that we're just connecting people with the products they need. And instead of, like we mentioned before, instead of two days, next day, it's within minutes. So it's, Thank you, um, it's very exciting. It is very exciting. Thank you so much. Great predictions. Mr. Simplicity, you're up. Exactly two minutes. We're really tight on time. Hit it, Bill. Bonnie, I'd like to give everybody one overall trend and three predictions around personal choices that that trend will mean. 2017 will be the year we begin to sh- the shift for real from maniacal 20th century focus on organizational productivity 
to 21st century focus on personal productivity. And why that is happening now is what's enabling that. The engine behind that is AI and and the cognitive era, that we can finally get to what each and every individual needs instead of just the company. Now, that comes down to three personal choices that I would like all your listeners to think about over the next year. The first, driven by AI and cognitive, is which movie will you star in? And your two choices are Minority Report or Iron Man. And that's basically dystopia or utopia on technology. Minority Report had pre-crime police, and we're already seeing this. Employers are using the technology to whap their employees over the head and punish them and monitor them. And we are going in this direction because it's cost-effective and it benefits the company. Are we going to do that, or like Iron Man, or like Google Glass, are we going to give people the true empowerment to give them digital dashboards and use the information to make their own decision? So first personal choice is which movie will you star in? Second one, simpler for whom? Simplicity is always about power, and the 20th century... 20th century trend was everything was always simpler for the company. We now have the possibilities through technology and design thinking to make everything for simpler for every single employee who works. The challenge is not technology. It's the leadership will to make things simpler for the workforce, not just the company. So which movie will you star in? Simpler for whom? And the third is What do I want my legacy to be? The next five years are going to be unbelievably disruptive, and I'd like everybody to think about January 2022. What will you be remembered for? What will you take a stand for? So those are my three. Which movie? Simplicity is simpler for whom? Thank you, Bill. And what will my legacy be? Thank you, Bill. David Axon at Accenture. Go. Two minutes. Fast. Happy New Year. The first one is we're finally seeing digital technologies move from hype to reality. Uh, Social media, analytics, and cloud were the start of the journey. The robotic process automation, augmented intelligence, blockchain, artificial intelligence. I'm talking to CFOs, CFOs, not CIOs, about these on a daily and a weekly basis in terms of the value that they can create within business. Second prediction. The value of your enterprise is increasingly determined by the value of the ecosystem you inhabit. How valuable would Uber be without its driver's vehicles? How valuable would Google be without AT&T and Verizon's internet pipes? How valuable would Facebook be without cat videos? The value that you create as an enterprise is a function of how effectively your partners execute. And that's increasingly the business model because a significant amount of the value of your enterprise doesn't sit on your balance sheet. It sits on someone else's balance sheet, and that's key. And third, as a Brit living in America, my prediction is that Brexit will turn out to be a huge economic non-event. It will not have a material impact upon global trade. It will be far too stupid for politics to rule over economics in this situation. Now, I don't have a lot of faith in our politicians of any stripe, color, or shade at the moment, but what I will do is people will speak with their wallet. 
and trade deals will continue. BMW will continue to sell cars in the UK and the UK will continue to engage in trade with the rest of the world. Thank you, David X. And Shannon, I saved exactly two minutes for you. We are really tight. So go, Shannon Platts. Great. So for me, the uh, priority for 2017 is unleashing the power of the individual to transform the present and future. Um, According to a recent Gallup research study, organizations that develop a strength-based culture have significant improvements in business results. And these results are increases in sales, profit, customer engagement, lower turnover rates, increases in employee engagement, and believe it or not, even uh, fewer safety incidents. So we know that finding the strengths in each individual, harnessing those strengths for the organizational goals and objectives um, is really about unleashing the power of the individual. This is uh, an exercise that is, it crosses boundaries. It's not a millennial uh, feel-good uh, initiative. It's not a, um, a culturally-centric uh, initiative. This is just in ensuring that we understand the strengths of each individual and, and use those to the greater purpose for the individual and the organization. Uh, four ways in which we can uh, unleash that power are really to understand purpose, personal purpose and uh, goals and objectives of the organization. Secondly, ensure we have accountability. Um, this is our world. We have to shape it or somebody else will. We have to wake up every day knowing that we have to be accountable. And thirdly, we need to um, also be adaptable. You know, one of the things that you have focused on in these game changers is embracing innovation, whether it's augmented reality, IoT, connectivity, continuous learning. We have to be ready to adapt to all of the innovations and changes, as well as be the catalyst for those changes, and adaptability is key. Uh, finally, I'd just like to focus on the fact that we have got to continue uh, and and improve, quite frankly, on being relationship-centric. We have to discover the joy of each other and each other's strengths. We have to embrace the joy of a challenge, and we have to embrace the joy of growth. As we look at 2017, if we take those to heart as individuals and as organizations, I believe that we are, are centered on success and excitement for the new year. Shannon, thank you. I love that you entered on relationship-centric. Perfect way to end. I don't have time to ask you what you drank on New Year's, but I hope you all had a sip of something delicious and wonderful and optimistic. So thank you to Stephanie Huber, Bill Jensen, Mr. Simplicity, David Axe and Accenture, and Shannon Platts at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. It's been fun going through our predictions on steroids part three, and we're not even close to being done. Next Wednesday, same time, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on the Business Channel, January 11th, Part four, and would you believe we even have a part five on January 18th? Dozens more predictions. So I'm just going to say here's my call to action, and thank you to our very brave, intrepid engineer, Michael, and the Business Channel team. Here's my call to action. Whatever your seatbelt looks like this year, fasten it because you're going to go in for a ride. What are you waiting for? Just like our 16 panelists today, go out and be a game changer. Talk to you next Wednesday on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.